Learn from the biggest names in the green industry as Paul talks with Stan the Dirt Monkey. Continually learn so you become even more highly specialized so that you can then raise your price. The Pond Guy, Greg Woodstock. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it, Paul. America's lawn expert, the lawn care nut, Alan Hayne. I'm like admitting a lot of stuff here on your podcast, but I thought maybe my, my content changed too. Maybe I changed in building that business instead of building a dream. The Green Industry Podcast. It's helpful conversations with the people who know how to help you learn and grow as your company grows. Welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take their businesses to the next level. Join us as we chat with green industry leaders to discover best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I am excited today. Back by popular demand, you guys like these stories that I share where we had some hiccups in my business and some lessons that I learned from those. I recently did an episode where I shared I had an entire street. You want to talk about route density. I had an entire street of customers, lost them all in one day. Well, today I'm going to share a story of how we broke the window at my boss's house. He used to work at Carabas, the restaurant, and uh, worked for a day. First and last time working for the owner of Carabas, and uh, we shattered his window at his gorgeous Atlanta home. I'm going to tell that story today and what we learned from that traumatizing and horrific experience. Hey, thanks to the Hardscape Academy for sponsoring today's episode. If you want to become a professional hardscaper, check out the resources available at the Hardscape Academy. Also, thanks to our friends at the Fullerton Unfiltered Podcast and their Launcherpreneur Academy, actually a brand new website, and it's robust. I really really like it. Launcherpreneur.com. Brian Fullerton has a bunch of resources over there for you. If you want to get more into lawn care landscaping, hey, in the winter, he's got snow stuff as well. I don't know anything about snow. I moved, well, I know enough about snow to know I don't want to be around snow. <laughs> I, I grew up in Ohio and uh, no plowing that snow, making that dough for me. I you know, hit the road, 77 South. It came on down to Atlanta. But Brian's got you covered with a bunch of resources over there. You want a contract? He's got that and so many more uh, resources and different packages and all that. And both of those guys also have one-on-one coaching. So if you ever want to hop on a call with Brian and Caleb, and I tell both of them, your prices are way too low for your coaching calls. Nevertheless, they still have their very reasonable pricing. So if you ever want to hop on a one-hour call with them, that's available as well. All right. Well, Marty, do you have any more news? Oh, yeah. Marty said, don't forget to tell him about the tour. We're going on tour, guys. I'm very excited for this. On July 19th, we're taking off, headed to North Carolina. Uh, Mitchell's Lawn Care, Mitchell Gordy, we're going to interview him. Then straight up to Virginia with Naylor and Seth, uh, Chris Kaiser from the OPEI, Chuck Bowen. We're going to interview those guys. Then head over across, I guess there's a river or something, Washington. I, I, folks, my ge- geography, it's funny I'm going on these tours because I'm just like, I, I'm studying the map and I'm like, ah, oh, I never knew that. <laughs> but nevertheless, headed to Maryland, uh, going to go around there, Annapolis, um, Glen Burnie, and then back to my home state where I do know those cities in, in uh, Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, Sean Savannah Spencer, 
Caleb Brittany Allman and uh, head up to Michigan. Brian Fullerton is going to hook us up with his studio for a couple days and have a bunch of uh, friends come in, Keith and Ashley Kalfas and many, many more uh, to the Fullerton Unfiltered studio where we're going to be recording the Green Industry Podcast. I'm sure we'll be doing some stuff for Brian's social media, Keith's social media, just a huge old collapse. So a bunch of video cameras and uh, Roadcaster Pros, microphones, video cameras. It's going to be fun time broadcasting there out of Brian's studio. Then I'm going to head down uh, the Pro Cut Lawn Care, uh, Courtney and Cody, uh, from Tennessee, they're really coming up on the YouTube. And so I'm going to interview them and uh, looking forward to that tour, all powered by Echo. We appreciate Echo making this whole summer tour possible. Really excited for that. Well, coming right up, uh, we're going to have our tip of the week from the GIE Plus Expo. Then I'm going to share the story how I shattered the window at the owner of Caraba's house and what I learned from that traumatizing experience. Coming right up. Hi, and welcome to Expo Made Simple, helpful tips to help you get the most out of your visit to the show. People say Louisville is easy to get to and hard to leave, and they're right. If you're a first-timer, you may ask, how do I get to Louisville? With the city at the crossroads of three major interstates, it's within a day's drive of 60% of the U.S. population. And for those who prefer to fly, that's easy too. The Muhammad Ali International Airport is serviced by nearly every major airline and offers direct flights from more than 20 cities coast to coast. And with the show's free shuttles between the airport, expo center, and nearby hotels, you may not even need a rental car. Best yet, the show is directly across the interstate from the airport, and the parking is free. Be sure to check out GIE-Expo.com for special airfare discount codes and shuttle schedules. Register today and be on the lookout for more tips from Expo Made Simple. Hopefully you got those travel plans to the GIE Plus Expo. And if you want to save yourself 50% off this year's registration, use the promo code Paul. Well, folks, I got a story to tell today. Uh, One of these early in my business mistakes that I made, and thankfully I learned some lessons from them. So let's tell the story, and then I will tell you what I learned from this horrific, traumatizing experience. And so I have already shared, if you've been tracking with my podcast for a while, that I regret not going all in with a singular focus on my lawn care landscaping business. I was nervous that I didn't know if it would work out and I didn't have the equipment that I wanted to have. I was still using some residential equipment and some used commercial equipment. I didn't have the customers that I wanted. And so long story short, I was working in the evenings at Carabas, which is an Italian restaurant, but it wasn't just any Carabas. It was one of the top Carabas in the world, simply because, as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Well, it was located right next to the arena here in Atlanta, where there was constantly a concert or some kind of big convention where there was just, there's always thousands of people. And then there's only, you know, four or five hotels right next to the arena. And then there was only two restaurants. It was Carabas and then the um, arena tavern next door, which both were just packed on almost every night because you had concerts going on and then you had a very rich neighborhood, which I ultimately ended up moving my landscape business into with a thousand homes, million dollar homes and a bunch of rich folks that go to dinner at Carabas. So anyway, I work in the evenings at Carabas, you know, making a hundred, 120 bucks a night, whatnot, being a server. Well, the owner of the restaurant found out 
about my landscaping business. Everyone kind of, you know, talked about, oh, you know, Paul, cut that grass, make that cash. All my, all my friends that worked there thought that was a cool saying. And, you know, they'd all, they were all kind of asking me about my landscaping business, whatever. And I was talking to the owner and he's like, hey man, he's like, I, I need a cleanup. And uh, he said, I have this huge pile of sticks and twigs and leaves. And just, I, I just always go out in my yard and he, he mows his own grass. But he's like, I, I don't have anywhere to take all the sticks and everything. So for a year, I've just piled up Mount Everest of sticks and leaves and all this stuff. And there was so much stuff in there. He couldn't burn it because of the um, laws in the county with the drought. You can't burn stuff. You get a hefty fine or whatever. So he's like, how about I pay you to come over and haul it all off or, or, or get rid of it. Do, do whatever you want to do, but just get it off my property. You think you can do that? Well, I'm brand new in, I'm not brand new in business, but I'm, I'm brand new in the sense of I was figuring everything out and I wasn't, you know, too sure of pricing or whatever. So he's like, how much would it be? Well, I didn't know this back then. I was in my second year, but the labor rate, you know, in Atlanta, well, at least back then was, you know, close to, let's say $50 an hour. And so the guy, another guy who worked at Carabas that did the salads, I asked him, I was like, Hey, will you help me do the owner's job? And he's like, yeah, man, yeah, man. And so we both kind of talking back and forth and he's like, man, $150, get me $150 for the day and I'll do it. And I'm thinking, okay, I was like, man, if I made $150 in a day, that'd be fantastic. Cause you know, at the restaurant, I only make a hundred or 120 bucks. And then I'll work $150 during the day and then 120 bucks and not make $270 in one day. <laughs> this is what's going through my, my, my brain cells that weren't functioning too well back then. So I come up with the figure $300, which was not even close. If you take $50 per man out, you know, per man, per man hour and two guys, that would be $100 per hour for a two man crew. Let's say it's seven hours of work. You're looking at $700 bare minimum basement price. It should be higher than that, but that was back the rates back then. That's what I should have presented to them was, yeah, how about a grand or on the low end, how about seven or 800 bucks? But I didn't know what I'm doing. And my buddy, you know, who's doing the uh, salads at Carabas, he overheard this conversation because he was kind of like, yeah, I got a company too, man. And, and he's like, all right, well, I already asked Paul. He's like, maybe you, have, you know, you talk to Paul, maybe Paul can work with you, whatever. It's an awkward situation. So I was like, all right, 150 for him, 150 for me. And I told the owner, I was like, we'll do it for $300. And he's probably thinking suckers. <laughs> like these, these guys, only 300 bucks. You kidding me? All right. So he's like, do it. So we show up over there and I didn't even look at the job. I just went off his word. He said, Mount Everest, big pile. Well, we get there and I mean, it was probably close to Mount Everest, just this pile of twigs and leaves. And I mean, yeah, I think, you know, like three cats crawled out of this pile. I mean, there's all kinds of things and we have snakes in Georgia. So I'm like terrified. I'm like at any minute, you know, a big old snake's going to come out and try to bite me or something. So we, you know, we threw a bunch of stuff in there to try to scare them off. We're throwing bricks in there and all. not, I don't know. It's just wild. Maybe not a brick, but we threw something in there to try to get them to come out. You guys don't know about snakes who don't live in Georgia, but I don't like them. And they're, they're down here, especially in a pile of debris. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And I, I had to work at the restaurant that night at five. We got there about eight in the morning. And uh, I tell my buddy, I was like, dude, we got to be done by 4 p.m. Because I got to be, the, I got to go get a shower real quick and be to work by five. And we're both like looking at each other like this could be a lot of work. So the owner of the restaurant comes out and uh, 
comes strolling out. He's like, hey, good morning, fellas. And he's like, quick question for you, Paul. Now, keep in mind, this is my boss at my restaurant job, you know. And he's like, hey, real quick question, man. Because we brought a ladder. You know, I had a ladder in my truck. He's like, I, you know, I saw you got a ladder, man. Um, anyway, why, and we had a blower. He's like, any way you could get up in my gutters real quick. And look, I just got a bunch of leaves over there. I can see them sticking out of the gutter. You mind just blowing them off real quick? I, I really appreciate it, man. And and uh, I'm sitting there thinking like I'm a big businessman. And I kind of stick my chest out there. And I'm like, yes, sir. I was like, that'll be another $50, though. Is that okay? He's like, ah, no problem, man. Absolutely. You know, of course, that makes sense. And again, that was not the right price for gutter cleaning, 50 bucks. Come on, this guy's thinking suckers. But anyway, so now I commit to that. So, and I, you guys are, as I'm telling the story, you're already like going all the things I'm doing wrong, which we'll get to in, later in the episode. Let me finish the story. And then I'll share the lessons I learned from the story. So now my buddy uh, goes up on the roof and uh, he starts, he takes the, the little uh, handheld blower and he's blowing out the gutters. And um, the neighbor drives by and sees that, he, that he's cleaning the gutters. So she pulls up in her black Escalade, real fancy house, real real nice house, real nice neighborhood. So the, the, the rich neighbor pulls up in the fancy Escalade SUV, brand new. She gets out, you know, nice looking lady. She comes walking over and she's like, hey, she's like, I see you guys cleaning, you know, so-and-so's gutters. Um, she's pointing to her house. She's the neighbor. She's like, that's our house right there. She's like, what's your price? to, um, you know, would you come do ours? And uh, we're having a party, you know, we wanted to, you know, get that done. Is that something you do? I'm talking to her. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Well, you know, Johnny on the spot thinking, oh man, this is a nice job. I'm going to, I'm going to get this job. As I'm talking to her, the guy that's helping me for the day starts cussing in Spanish and screaming my name, which the, the, he called, they called me Paul. So he's, you know, screaming. I'm not going to say the cuss words. I do know some Spanish uh, extracurricular vocabulary, but he's singing, pow, pow, pow. You know, it sounds like an animal just screaming and cussing in Spanish, going crazy. And I said, what? So I'm in the front yard. He's in the backyard on the roof, cussing and screaming like an emergency. And I'm sitting there talking to the lady in the Escalade. And I said, one second, ma'am. So I start walking fast to the backyard. I turn the corner and the ladder is in the guy's house. Window, the big expensive back windows completely busted out, shattered completely. And the ladder's in the house. Like it's in the house. It, it, it's in the house, okay? So then the owner of the restaurant comes. You want to talk about cuss words in English, you can imagine, okay? I'm not going to say them. We keep this show uh, friendly. Um, but he comes out and says every cuss word in the book, what the beepity beep? Why is there a my beepity beep ladder in my beepity beep house. What the mother? Yeah, I mean, just going to town, cussing me out. And I'm sitting here. Well, I forgot about the lady. So now she comes walking back and she opens the fence and I'm sitting there getting cussed out by him. The other guy's stuck on the roof. The ladder's in the house. And then she says to me, she's like, um, actually, never mind. <laughs> she takes off, gets back in the Escalade and drives off. And to make matters worse, yeah, boom, there's thunder. There's a huge old black cloud, I mean, scary looking cloud right off in, you know, in the distance. And here comes a thunderstorm and the guy doesn't have a window. And so I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh. So as he's, you know, talking to me, 
in a choice of vocabulary. I mean, my heart beat, my heart, I don't know how my heart didn't fall out of my chest. My, my heart's going a thousand miles per hour. And he's like, you better fix my window. It's going to rain any minute. You better fix my window right now, you know. And, 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 uh, and then I'm sitting there thinking, I got to get the guy off the roof. So, so anyway, I get the ladder out of the house, lift it up to the roof, and uh, he comes down. And uh, coming up, I'll tell you what happened next. And what I learned, that's the most important thing here, what I learned from this experience. The Green Industry Podcast returns in just a moment. Remember to support our sponsors who bring you the Green Industry Podcast. New program alert. The How to Get New Lawn Care Customers training program is now available. If you guys have ever struggled at acquiring new customers or are looking to grow your lawn care business, then this new program might just be for you. Looking to learn the best tactics to develop a successful postcard marketing campaign? We got you covered. Have you ever wondered how to use social media to exponentially grow your business and dominate the competition? We got that too. Whether you're just getting started in business or you're a seasoned vet, there's something for everyone in this new program available now exclusively at LaundrepreneurAcademy.com. The HardscapeAcademy.com is the place to go to become the next professional hardscaper. Check out Caleb Allman's How to Install Pavers and How to Install Retaining Walls Comprehensive Guides. You will learn all the techniques and information necessary to perform the installation of these features based on industry standards, including tips and tricks that Caleb has learned over the past 20 years of hardscaping. The courses are immediately available via online streaming for just $99 each. Go to the HardscapeAcademy.com and that link is in today's show notes. Thanks again to the Hardscape Academy and the Entrepreneur Academy for sponsoring today's episodes. Brand new website over there at launchpreneur.com. I believe that's what it is. And of course, we'll put those links in today's show notes. Love Brian's contracts over there. I know it can be intimidating when you're doing a new contract and uh, he's got the framework laid out there, a little plug and play action. And you, you, know, you can edit it to your liking. Uh, all those resources will be in the description of today's show notes. Click on it, head on over, see what they got going on at the launchpreneur.com and the Hardscape Academy. All right, friends. So just imagine, I, I laugh at this story now, but there was nothing funny about it in the moment. My chest was just, my heart was beating. I thought it was going to come through my chest. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm overwhelmed. The owner of basically my boss and the owner of the restaurant has this beautiful home and he's in there with his broom sweeping up the glass that we shattered and there's a storm coming and he's asking me, how are you going to fix it? And I'm sitting here thinking, well, I got to get it fixed. You know, do I go like put trash bags or something to cover it up until it rains or like blankets or something? It's about to pour. You can just see the storm coming in and the wind coming in. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So I called my buddy who, you know, does construction and stuff like that. And he just happened to be off work that day. He's like, Hey man, what you doing? I don't want to say he's my buddy. He's, he was an acquaintance. He, he lived at the apartment complex that I lived at. And so I, I make it sound like he's my buddy. Like I was tight with him. I, I just, I knew he had a truck and his, you know, he did work and we occasionally would pass each other and, you know, talk business or whatever. So I call him and I was like, Hey man, can you come fix this window? And he had, happened to be off work that day. He's like, sure, man. He's like, it's $240 when I show up just to assess the job and then whatever the job costs. But you know, I I'm busy, man. I could go do other things. So you got to, you know, 240 as soon as I show up and then, you know, whatever the job ends up being, 
blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm desperate. I mean, I got, I got to get it done. So I'm like already thinking in my mind, 350. I still don't even know if the guy's going to pay us or not for this job. We weren't even done. And uh, so anyway, the guy comes out and thank God this storm and, and it, it, when I say thank God, I mean, I was praying, <laughs> but this thing turned and somehow it, I mean, it, the storm clouds are basically hovering over us and it did, but there was no precipitation and it didn't, it actually didn't rain. I don't know how other than a miracle, but it didn't rain. So that was one big thing that, you know, we didn't have to worry about it raining into this guy's lovely, beautiful home because we broke the big old window in the back, you know? And uh, so big old gap right into his house that would have just not flooded, but it would not have been good. Um, and he had hardwood floors and it would not have been good. So anyway, pay this guy 240 bucks. He, you know, does all the measurements and goes out and buys all the stuff and comes back and puts in the windows. And then while he's doing that, we ended up just keep working all day. And I was like, well, we leave, I'm not going to leave this house with Mount Everest still here. So we cleaned up Mount Everest and put it in, it was not efficient. We didn't, you know, I was young in business. We put it in black trash bags, took it to the dump. So long story short, and I'm making it abbreviated version. I could go into more details. It's just so traumatizing. I don't even want to think about that day <laughs> anymore. Uh, we lost a lot of money that day. I lost a lot of money that day. And what I learned from that is several things. Number one, know your numbers, know your worth. I didn't know my numbers. I should have never in the ever quoted this job $350. That was just not professional. I didn't know what I was doing. I was comparing it to the hourly rate of, you know, well, my shift at the restaurant, you know, let's say I make 80 or a hundred bucks. Well, if I make 150 bucks during the day, then I make a hundred and nine, I make 250 in a day. You know, I'm thinking I'm balling. I'm, I'm rich, you know, but I wasn't taking into account my vehicle insurance, all my overhead, and all these things as business owners that I just didn't know back then. And so I understand now, I study my market. I know, okay, it's about 55 to $60 per man per hour in Atlanta right now. We'll just round up and call it $60 as the average. Do some companies charge more than that? Absolutely, but that's kind of the baseline average. So nowadays, if I get a job like that, I'm thinking $60 per man per hour in my head, so we're going to run a two-man crew. That's $120 per hour. Let's call it a, you know, an eight-hour day. You run the math. We're, we're, we're looking at about a grand, okay? Or if you just have the baseline as $1,000. So just alone, me telling the boss with my shoulders back and my chest out and a, you know, a confidence and a poise, how much is it going to be? You know, I'm, I'm saying, you know, for, for probably $1,000, you know, just to set that out there. So that was mistake number one. My my pricing was so low that it just hurts me to even remember that day that I was doing work for such a for such a low price in this industry. Well, well below the market rate, well below average. Number two, stay in your lane. That's not what I was building my business on. I didn't know what I was building my business on, honestly. I was desperate. I needed to make money. And so it was like, yes, 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 you know, to, to any job, any work, just saying yes. And it really slowed down the progress of my business because I, I lacked precision. I didn't have a roadmap to success. I think that's what um, 
Ben um, Golden shared in the last um, interview we did, he talked about having a roadmap to success in your finances. With my overall business, I didn't have that roadmap to success. I was just going around, you know, like they say, a chicken with your head cut off, just going around doing all these jobs. And there wasn't this laser focused. And so I should have never taken that job anyway. I, that's not what I, that's not what I, my business is based off is, is hauling away debris. I don't like that. I don't like when a stick scratches my arms. I don't like cleaning up stuff. I don't like, you know, obviously it'd been easier to burn the pile, but you couldn't do that. You know, we're in a drought in Georgia and you get a crazy big fine. The fire department comes out, and you, you know, hauling you off to jail or giving you a big fine for doing that back during the, the drought. It was a big drought that summer. And so anyway, that's the second thing I learned was stay in my lane. I'm not a gutter cleaner. I don't like being on the roofs. Okay. I don't like cleaning up piles of, of debris. And so when the lady came over and she's like, and I told her, yes, you know, she's like, Hey, will you do my gutters next? I mean, that was my, I think that was my first gutter job. And, um, it was just spontaneous. Cause he says, Hey, can you do this too? And I was this yes, man, trying to be Johnny on the spot thinking I need the whatever. But the reality was I shouldn't be doing that. And certainly not for $50. You call a real gutter cleaning company out that's insured and knows what they're doing. I'm sure they got a minimum rate, you know, buck 75, 225. I don't know what their minimum rate is, but I should have never been doing that. And so in hindsight, I should have never taken the job. And if I was going to take the job, I should have at least, you know, went out there, scaled it, figured it out and given him a market rate. And so I know a lot of you guys listening, I'm in, you know, my 10th season now and I look back and I just laugh at this story and it's like that would, that hopefully would never happen again because I've, I've learned these lessons the hard way and I've built uh, a process of vetting my customers of who I want to work for and the kinds of services that I want to provide and have the confidence to know what to charge and have the wisdom to know what my lane is and why I'm staying in my lane and having those boundaries not to go outside those lanes and getting stretched in and doing all this foolishness. But for you guys in your first year, maybe you're in your second year and you know the kids are at home and they need food on the table and the diapers need bought and your wife needs that security gland in her in her, you know, mind that needs provision. You got to, there, there's this, there's this hunger inside of you as a man to say, I need to provide for my family. I need to work. And I, back then, you know, I was just, it was just trying to take care of myself. And so I know that we have this hunger to want to work and to provide, but we need to also match that ambition and that hustle and that just strong work ethic with a game plan of knowing our numbers of knowing what is my lane. And maybe you don't know what your lane is. Maybe you are all over the map. Yeah, I'll clean gutters. Yeah, I'll haul away stuff. Hey, I'll, there's no job I'll say no to. I would go back and listen to our episode, The Riches Are in the Niches, and, and that series. I love Stanley Genetics. Um, in his book, he had a whole chapter, I believe, called The Riches Are in the Niches. I uh, remember years ago, you know, first hearing that, and I was like, wow, because it convicted me because I wasn't niche down or niche down, however you want to pronounce it. I was all over the place. And that specific job that day was an illustration of that. That window would have never been broken if uh, Carmelo was never up on that roof, right? The reason he was up on that roof was because, you know, I can't kind of came caved into that peer pressure and the presentation of, 
oh, hey, can you get, you know, just make, the customers make it sound so easy. Well, just grab the blower and just, you know, real, real easy, just blow it. Not knowing that it's all gunky and stuck to the thing. And you have to actually pull it out with your hand. I mean, the dry leaves might blow off with the blower, but the stuff that's been up there for three years, it's kind of glued to the gutter and the pine cones and all that. You got to lift with your hand. We well, you could have fell off the roof and, you know, died. I mean, or gotten seriously hurt. And then, of course, the ladder, what happens was the roof was a double layer. So there was one a big old, big old house. The guy had two roofs. So while I was in the front yard, you know, he tried to grab the ladder and lift it up on the roof so he could get onto the second layer of the roof. And he accidentally dropped it. And just, you know, for whatever reason, the way it hit the ground and angled, it fell right into the house and then literally went into the house somehow. Like it, it was in the house when I come in the backyard. The, the the ladder was in the house. I was like, how is that even scientifically possible? I don't know, but it was. So long story short, fellas and gals who listen to this show, develop that lane and stick to it. Know what services and why you want to provide those services. Do work you love. Like I do, I do not like cleaning up sticks and taking it to the dump because I don't like snakes. I don't know if there's a snake in that pile. All day long, I was scared. And, and I don't like heights. You notice it wasn't me up on that roof, but I, nevertheless, I should have never done any of those services, gutter cleaning or picking up sticks. And I did it out of foolishness. And so know what services you like to do and become the best at it. Become an expert. If it's, if it's retaining walls, get Caleb's video and, and learn how to be the best at retaining walls. If it's sod, Get out there and practice in your yard. And get, get, become an expert at sod. If it's cutting that grass, making that cash. I mean, I watch uh, these guys on YouTube, man. You know, and just, uh, what's his name? Down in Savannah, Marty. Uh, Johnny Blade. Yeah, Johnny and, and Q and those guys down there. I'm just, you just watch guys and you're just like, man, they've done it thousands of times. It's just, you do it so well. I can do a maintenance in my sleep. You know, I've, we've done so many of them over 10 years. But whatever your... Uh, wheelhouse is whatever you actually enjoy doing. You don't want to wake up in the morning and be like, "Oh, I got to go clean gutters. Oh, I got to go, I got to go clean up sticks." If there, if if that's your attitude in the morning, then that should be a sign to you mentally that hey, this is not what I'm called to do. This is not, you know, God's will for my life. If you dread doing something, th that's probably not the right fit. But when you can find a service that you actually enjoy. Like, hey, man, we get to go put in sod today. I can't wait, you know, to get it done. It's going to look awesome. And, and there's, there, I'm not saying work's easy, but there's a satisfaction to the work that even while you're working, you, you sometimes you enter into this flow state. You know, I watch guys build things and hours will go by and they won't even notice it because they're, they're creating something and they enjoy creating something, whether it's the retaining wall or it's an enhancement to a landscape or it's maintaining something beautiful. You just go through this flow state where it's like, oh man, three hours went by. I didn't even notice that. And so that was, that, that's my last takeaway is finding the work that I love. What services do I love? Do I enjoy doing? Not that it's easy, but it's, it's work that you enjoy doing. And I did not enjoy that job that day. I dreaded it beforehand. And it's a, it's a scar story afterwards. You, you guys, when I got to work that night, cause word traveled fast and I get to work and all the people that work there, man, they just laid it on me. Oh, how'd work go? You know, did you break any window? I mean, you know, just making fun of me all night long. And it was, it was frustrating uh, because it's like kicking you when you're down. You know what I mean? I'm sitting here mentally trying to deal with, am I going to get fired from my restaurant? Is this guy ever going to forgive me to the mathematics of how much hunt, you know, how much money I lost that day? Because the guy, the guy ripped me off that, well, I don't know if he ripped me off, but I thought he 
you know, I, I, he charged me quite a bit of money to fix that window, um, which he knew he had me. I was like, I, cause I sounded desperate and I was desperate and I needed it fixed. So he just jacked the rate up and I paid him all this money and, you know, lost a bunch of money and spent the, you know, lost the day of my life working. So thankfully I learned from it and I get, I, I say no to customers. I, I do it professionally, cordially, politely, but I get asked all the time, Hey Paul, can you do this? Hey Paul, can you do that? And you know, I'm sorry, that's not a service that we provide. I can refer you to somebody who might be able to take care of that. But uh, learning to say no, just say it, just say it with me. No, feels good. No, no. My buddy David Stein says, when you can say no, it, it, it helps when you know what you're saying yes to. Because when you know what you're saying yes to, when you have those defined goals, you have those defined you know, prices and services, and then there's something outside of that scope, it's easy. You just say no. I mean, you don't have to say it arrogantly or in a way that's not respectful, but you can say no because you know what you're saying yes to. So I hope my story amused you to some point. It's, uh, I think the scars or <laughs> the wounds are not fully healed because I'm like, oh, I was so stupid. Like, but, you know, that was over almost 10 years ago and uh, I've learned from it. And I'm a better businessman today. I'm more confident. I'm more poised. I'm more focused. I'm more just professional. And I'm not saying yes to stupid things that I, I, I don't know much about. I'm not equipped for. I'm not licensed in insurance for. I mean, I'm so glad the guy didn't fall off the roof. I mean, the ladder through the window was something that I, you know, I could, even though I lost hundreds of dollars, I was able to fix it. Um, but long story short, don't be doing stupid stuff, friends. We need to be smart with what services we provide and that we know our worth, we know our numbers, that we're charging appropriately. So thank you for listening today. Uh, thanks again to the Hardscape Academy, the Entrepreneur Academy for sponsoring today's episode. Those links are in today's show notes. If you guys want to go to the GIE Plus Expo and save yourself 50% off your registration this year, use the promo code Paul. That's going to deduct your registration price 50% off. And get in on that now while they got the early bird pricing and uh, get in while it's nice and low uh, with the rates now. Thanks for listening, folks. Smash that subscribe button and we will be back soon.